Hey everyone, and welcome to the Devin Carroll Show. I'm your host, Devin, and this show is all about simplifying the complicated Social Security rules so you can use them to your advantage and get every dollar in benefits that you deserve. If you'd like to ask me a question, we record every Thursday at 12 o'clock Central. The number to call is 903-400-4848. On today's show, we talk to John, who wants to know if he should file for benefits, even if he is going to be over the income limit. And then Bobby wants to know if he works through his 60s, 70s, and even 80s, is his benefit going to continue to increase? And Elena asked some great questions about collecting a survivor benefit from an ex-spouse, and we have a lot of other great calls coming up too, so let's get it started. Coming up next, we have Kyle in Iowa. Hey, Kyle. How are you doing? Fantastic, sir. How can I help you? Well, I've been listening to you for a while now, and I to give you some background, I retired last year in July, and I'm currently 62 and a half. I'll be 63 in December, but I did not take any Social Security uh, benefits as of yet. But my question is, since I retired last year at basically 62 and a half, 62 roughly, and I'm not really working now, adding much to my work record, if you will, how do I figure out how accurate that estimate is? I mean, I'm trying to figure out whether it's beneficial to start taking my benefits at 63 or, you know, how do I calculate it at my full retirement age? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of ways you can do this. Um, the, the first is you can use a calculator that's on the Social Security's website and, and you can plug your earnings in there. And then it'll let you put in forward earnings. And for you, you're already retired. So you would just put in zeros. The other thing you can do um, is you could call the Social Security Administration and ask them for a statement with a new calculation in it. And I I cannot remember off the top of my head what that is called. But on request, they will make one of those for you. But here's the thing. It, It may or may not be needed. You know, if unless your earnings were substantially different in the year or two before you retired, um, I would suspect that at 62, your social security statement was probably pretty close to the number you're actually going to receive. So when they estimate your benefits, what they do is they make assumptions that you are going to be making the same amount that you're making um, in the year prior, all the way through all the various ages. So, for example, if they show you that at your full retirement age, you can get X number of dollars in benefits, they're going to make the assumption that that's if you continue to earn the same thing that you made in the years prior. Now, that bothers some people, but it doesn't always even matter because for some people, those earnings moving ahead aren't going to be in that high 35 calculation. And that high 35 calculation is, as you probably know, if you've been listening to me for a while, they take all of your earnings up to age 59. They adjust those for inflation. All of your earnings at 60 and beyond are not adjusted. But then they put all of those in a pot and they look and see what's the highest 35. They pull those out and those are the years that they use in your benefits calculation. So if your current years are not replacing a year that's already in that high 35 calculation, then your benefit's going to mostly look the way it did on the estimate. Yeah, and I, I think in my case, these last years would have been definitely in my high 35. Okay. Then I would start 
by going to the yep, Social Security Administration's website and looking at mm -hmm. their calculator where you can put in your earnings, go over there to your MySSA account, get a copy of your earnings history, and then go over to their website and run that calculation. And uh, in, in forward years, it'll, it'll say, what do you anticipate your earnings to be in 2021 and beyond? You just put a zero there. Yes. And then it'll tell you, oh, you know, it'll give you an estimate of benefits. It's still not going to be perfectly accurate. I can tell you that. Um, the, no, no, no. the actual mechanism that they use to calculate these benefits is, is pretty much a secret. Now they tell us what the, they tell us what the calculation is, yeah. but yeah. then you can right. never get your numbers to come out exactly like their numbers do. So just, just know that it'll be close, but it's not going to be exact. Right. And I just want to know if there would be a big enough difference that, you know, whether it makes sense to take it now or not. So, Yeah. Okay. Run that calculation. That'll give you a lot more information. Sounds good. Perfect. Well, thanks for the information. All right, Kyle. Thanks for calling. And up next, we have Elena in New York. Hey, Elena. Hey, Devin. How are you today? Fantastic. How are you? Just fine. Just fine. Thanks for taking my call. I have an appointment with the Social Security office on Monday, and I'd like to get your um, input on my situation. Perfect. Uh, the thing is, I've been, I've been collecting on my ex-husband's claim since I was 65 to defer collecting on my claim until I reach age 70. I'll be 70 in October this year. Um, I understand I have three options for starting to collect on my claim, and I want to verify with you if this is correct. Um, option A, I start collecting retroactively back to January 2021 and I get the difference between my ex's claim and my claim in a lump sum payment, um, my monthly amount will be greater than what I'm collecting now on my ex's claim. And B, start collecting immediately or C, start collecting on my claim on my birthday in October. Okay, so you're turning 70 in October. And they're telling you that your your three options are you can just file in October and you can start receiving your own benefit at that point, which has grown for all those years of delayed retirement credits. Congratulations there. There's not anyone left now that can use those strategies unless you're a survivor, uh, getting a survivor's benefit. Yeah. So good, good stuff yeah. there. So that's one of your options. Mm -hmm. The other option then is okay. to file and receive that retroactive payment. Now, tell me about that again. There may be something I missed there. How did they explain that to you? Um, this is what I understood. I could start collecting, saying that I wanted to start collecting on my claim back to January 2021. And because that's my birthday year. And I get the difference between what I'm collecting on my ex's claim and what I would be collecting on my claim because my claim is larger than what I'm collecting on his. And I would get that in a lump sum payment. Those, um, uh, let's see, it would be nine months or so difference of payments since January through September. I okay, gotcha. And, yeah. All right, so they're paying you the difference between those two. Now, did they talk to you yeah, about reducing your benefit if you choose that option? Okay, so I would reduce my benefit if I choose that option because I'd be going back 
several months. Is that why? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it would be as if now, now I am a little confused about the January filing. Typically the retroactive benefit, if you file after full retirement age is limited to six months, but there's something nibbling in the back of my head right now. There's a rule that, um, that I can't put my finger on. So it, it this could be accurate. Um, but I do know that if you file and receive retroactive benefits, then your ongoing monthly payments after that time are going to be based as if you filed in January instead of October. Assuming that, yes, in fact, you can get nine months of retroactive benefits, they're going to pay you as if you filed at 69 in three months, roughly, instead of 70. So your benefit at that point would be roughly 6% lower than it would be filing at 70. Okay, that's not bad. Well, it's not bad, but but also you you've waited this time, and um, you know I don't I don't know I don't know what I would do. It just depends on what your other your other situation looks like with retirement assets and your income, your income needs, a, a lot of different factors. Um, I'm generally not a big fan of taking the retroactive benefits. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a big fan of getting all of the guaranteed income that you can, and that's effectively what Social Security gives you. Mm, okay, and I am healthy. It's not like I'm expecting to die of anything in the next few months. But of course, we never know if we're going to get hit by a bus or something, right? Right. You're absolutely right. But I think you know, not not knowing obviously the future, um, I would just say file at seventy and start to get that benefit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get the most out of it you can. Okay. Okay. So file is 70 and then I would get the highest monthly benefit that I could. Yes. Okay. Devin, thank you so much. You're uh, a big help. And thank you for all that you do for us. You're welcome, Elena. Thank you for calling. And now we'll go to Candy in California. Hey, Candy. Hi, Devin. How are you? Fantastic. Thank you for calling. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be able to speak to you. <laughs> um, my husband is, he was born in 1956, January. So his retirement age would be 66 in four months. Okay. I'm 62 and I have, or we have, sorry, a daughter that's 34 that is collecting SSI because of disability. Um, I'm wondering if he retires, what, let's say May of next year, can then I be able to get the child in care and then my daughter would also get part of his SSI um, or SSA type benefit or um, well, wondering the best thing to do. Gotcha. Candy, how old was your daughter when she became disabled? Um, she was in middle school. So okay. Maybe 12. Okay. All right. Because the rules do state that they have to be disabled before the age of 22. So it sounds like you are there. And Candy, how old are you? 62. You're 62. Okay. So basically what the rules here say um, is that when when your husband files, that is going to open up his work record for your daughter to receive um, a benefit equal to 50% of his full retirement age benefit. Now. Not okay. knowing what his benefit is, that's there's going to be some offsets with the SSI. Most likely, it's going to be a dollar for dollar. So you would see the 
Social Security benefit take the place of the SSI because it's going to be in excess of the monthly income allowable amount. Uh, but then additionally, you what about do you have a benefit from your own work record? I do, but um, I well, for the last four or five years, I've been my daughter's um, worker through HSS, but that's non-taxable because she lives with us and stuff. So I haven't worked for a long time um, okay. because of taking care of her, you know, being right. home. Right. So when, you're, when your husband files, your daughter should be eligible for a children's benefit and you should be eligible for a child in care benefit which effectively is just an unreduced spousal benefit. Okay, okay. And is that like 50%? It is. Whatever. It is. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's 50%. But what you have to know is that, that um, these benefits are going to be limited by the family maximum benefit rules, which means that you're probably okay. not going to each receive exactly 50%. It's going to be less than that. Because the family benefit okay. maximum rules say that, you know, it's somewhere between 150 to 175 percent of his full retirement age benefit that can be paid out. And then the way they calculate that then is by taking away his full retirement age benefit and whatever's left is split between the other beneficiaries. So, for example, let's just say that it came in to, um, you know, 150 percent which it's typically higher than that in retirement cases. Uh, but if it was 150%, then they would count effectively his 100%, and then there would be 50% left to split, which means that you would receive 25% of his full retirement age benefit and your daughter would receive 25%. Now, it's going to be higher than that because you're probably going to be closer to that 175 um, than you are to the 150 but there's a calculation they run. And if you want to see the easy way to look at it, if you have a My SSA account, in that account, in the earnings estimates, you're going to see the family benefit maximum number that's there. And so to determine how much that'll be paid out, you can just subtract his full retirement age benefit out of it. Not the actual benefit he's going to be receiving. They always take the full retirement age benefit out of that number. And then whatever's left is what's going to be eligible to be split between you and your daughter. Okay, well, I'm hoping that she is able to keep, you know, at least one dollar of the SSI so that she can still um, receive the well in California we call yeah. it Medi-Cal, not Medicaid, but um, you know for her insurance because she does have health needs. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Um, yep. I'm hoping that she is still able to do that. And that that is a bit of a mess for sure when. Um, <laughs> when you when you come off of SSI on to um, Social Security, to my knowledge, that two year waiting period still applies. And so, you know, in this case, the family benefit maximum may reduce your benefit, but still preserve some of the SSI, so you'll still be able to get the Medi-Cal. Right, because that's um, really super important to us. Right, and you know, for her, I understand why. So, and Kevin, may I just ask really quick how how best to look for somebody like what you do um, if we need further assistance? Um, so in the, this is going to be released as a recording, both on my YouTube channel and in the podcast. And by the time it's released, we're going to be ready to fully roll out a program that we've been working on where you can call and get this kind of help. Um, so the best thing I can tell you right now 
is to wait for this to be released. And it'll be one day next week when it's released. And in there, uh, the description section, you're going to see a link to be able to get some help. You can start with a free 15-minute consultation, talk to these folks. Uh, these are some registered Social Security analysts, and um, they'll be able to give you some guidance and deter- help you determine um, what the next steps are. Oh, gosh, what a blessing. I appreciate that so much, and I've been following you for the last couple of years. Oh, fantastic. So, well, thank you. You've been just, yes, you've been wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Hey, before we go into the next caller, this show is brought to you by the National Association of Registered Social Security Analysts. Now, you already know that the social security system is obscure, it's hard to navigate, and at times, it can seem impossible to understand how the rules apply to you and your unique circumstances. And that's why I recommend working with an advisor that has the RSSA designation to help you build a plan to optimize the benefits you and your family will receive. In the description, there's a link where you can schedule a free consultation with my team of RSSAs. And if you're a financial advisor, tax advisor, or any other professional who works with individuals on their financial life, the RSSA designation will give you the training and tools necessary to become the go-to Social Security advisor in your area. There's also a link in the description where you can find out more about getting the RSSA designation. So now let's head back to the phones. And coming up next, we have Dawn in Texas. Hey, Dawn. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine, Dawn. How are you? Just fine. Um, my question is, um, I'll be 66 in December, um, husband's deceased, daughter's deceased, so nothing like that. Um, that won't, that won't be part of the, uh, question and all, but, um, my coworkers are saying you need to do this, you need to do that. No, don't do this. So I'm glad that you popped up on my browsing, uh, last week. So I'm glad that I'm able to get on. I appreciate it. So is this a good age for me to try to file for my Social Security? I do have a full-time job. I'm trying to work as long as I can, obviously, since I don't have anyone to fall back on. And um, do you go into a Social Security office? Do you do this online? What papers are you required to have? Yep. That's Good I'm questions. Calling. Good questions. Okay. So Don, if, if you're still working and you don't yep. need the social security, which I'm assuming is the case and your health is good, then you need to defer this down the road. Uh, especially since well, what I'm hearing from you is that it's just you. So you're not going to have someone else's social security benefit. You're not going to have someone else's retirement income coming in to support it. So you've got to be able to generate all of the income that you can for retirement. And and I don't know of a system that's much more efficient than social security at doing that. Well, I'm, my health is not good. I've had 10 hospitalizations. I've had a heart attack. I've had, yeah, I've had health issues and I cannot make it on just Social Security. Um, I already know that. So I'm going to have to work as long as I can. And my coworkers are saying, just keep working, plugging along with your full-time job. You've got your insurance coverage and then have your Social Security um, as another source of income. And that's the reason, I mean, it sounds good to me. If I was superwoman, I wouldn't even be dealing with this, but I need to have something coming in so, other than just my paycheck. 
So okay. that's why I'm calling. Well, and that changes it. So if you need the additional income in addition yeah. to the work income that you have coming in, you know, all of the other strategy yeah. and all of the little fancy things that we could put together, none of that matters at that point. If you need the income, you need to file. I mean, if it's the difference so in you paying your light bill or putting food on the table and not doing yeah. that, then then you need to go file mm-hmm. for benefits. So my question is, is am I going to be penalized? Um, when I turn 66, is this going to be, don't worry, you won't be penalized because you will have had, you will have done your time. Um, I don't know. How, how do I, how do I do that? Don, what year were you born? It's, it's 1955. Okay. I'll be 66 in December. Okay. So mm-hmm. in, in February, you'll be 66 in two months. That will be your full retirement age. All right. All right. So you can file for benefits and have those start. Um, in March. Well, March, yeah. Probably. So you could, yeah. Effective February, receiving your first check in March and get your full right. retirement age benefit and not have to worry about the earnings limit. And you may not even have to worry about it before then. Do you make more than $50,000 a year? Oh, shoot. No. Okay. I'll be lucky if I make, 30, I'll be lucky if I make even 30,000 this year. Okay. Then I would say that you could go ahead and file November or December and tell them you want your month of election to be January. But won't I be penalized? You will not because be. Because I need to no. I need to wait three months. No, you won't be. Uh, there is a different earnings limit in the year you attain full retirement age. And that earnings limit is substantially higher than the earnings limit is in the years prior. So right now, the earnings limit is around $18,960, except for the year that you attain full retirement age, and it's closer to 50000 Okay. So if you need income and you need it fast, the best way to get it is going to be just to go file and, um, you know, get that payment started in, in um, January, which means that you would receive your first check sometime in February. And what did you call that? You, you gave it a, you gave it a terminology. You, you said, see, because my coworkers, again, they're trying to help me out. Um, they saying, Don, you can't do it except three months before your birthday. Then you have to wait three months before you get your first check. Well, if I file, if I do the application, wouldn't that be the beginning of October? Or would it be the beginning of September for me to file? Or it doesn't matter. Just get it in. Yeah, September or October, they should take the application at any point. But they're going to ask you when you file, when do you want this benefit to start? And then you can specify to them. Oh, I thought that. I want it to start oh, in. Oh, I thought that it had to be. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. That's why I'm. Okay. And you want me to, you want me to say what? So I would just tell them that you want your benefit to be effective in January where you'll receive your first check in February. The earnings limit. Let's see. I've got my cheat sheet right here in front of me just to make sure I know the amounts exactly. It's $50,520 in the year you attain full retirement age. Now that's for 2021. For you, that's actually going to be next year. So that limit's going to be even higher. Not that it's going to be an issue, but no, you're not going to be anywhere close to that earnings limit. It doesn't sound like. So you're going to be fine. No problems. So I go ahead and file in, let's say, September. I won't be penalized. And then I can request my benefit to start in January. Yes. And I'd probably wait till October because I do think there's a 90-day window in there. That's what they're telling me. So maybe October 1. Okay, October, November, December, that will give me three months plus the 21 days, which is December 21. Okay, so October. 
Now, what is it that I need to produce for them? What do I need to give them? Oh, they'll tell you everything you need to provide for them. And that's an online process. So you just need to go to your My SSA account and you can start your application online. Uh, What's it called? My My SSA. Yep. If you go to SSA... Dot .gov right in the they they make it very obvious right there where you need to click. You just okay. need to click in one of those boxes and uh, you know it'll say my SSA account or social security online or something to that effect. And you can click in there, okay. log in and uh, you can start your application for benefits right inside that portal. Okay, so I guess I'll either fax or scan the documents like they said when they got their driver's license, social security card electric bill, birth certificate. So I'll scan that stuff in. Yep. Whatever the method is that they want you to send it to them. Um, Right now, this is about the only way you can file for benefits. They're not taking very many in-person appointments. So this is okay. this is the preferred method. And I would I would think that they're getting it better and more efficient too. So I don't think you're going to run into any problems filing this way. So don't wait till... In other words, if my health issues, I'm just going to reiterate, because of my health issues, if I didn't have my health issues, you're saying wait. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. If well, two things. If you didn't have your health issues and you didn't have the immediate need for income, those are the two issues that's in front of us that that really move the needle back to just go file for benefits. Then what age, let's say I didn't have any of the above, then what age? would I need to file? So if we it, it's a it's a question what, that has a different answer for everyone. And and I don't have enough data to tell you exactly when, but just based on what I know so far. Okay. If if you didn't need the income and if you didn't have health issues, knowing that you're out there yeah. kind of on your own now yeah. and you yeah. need to be able to generate as much retirement income as you can, I would tell you to defer your decision, to delay it down the road and file as okay. late as you possibly can up until age 70. Uh, but that's that not the scenario that we have. That's, that's not your situation. Okay. So if I would, if all this stuff is not going on, then the age 70 is the age I need to do this. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate your information. Um, I am enjoying your your telephone podcast. I'm glad that you popped up on my phone. Perfect. Well, I'm I'm glad (laughs) you decided to call in today. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. All right. Have a great day. Bye-bye. And now let's go to Jan in Idaho. Hey, Jan. Hello. Hey, Jan. I can hear you fine. How are you? Oh, good. Hi, Devin. Thanks for taking my call. This is a special time. You are most welcome. Thank you for calling. Well, my question is, um, well, first, my husband just started taking Social Security this summer, and I'm taking spousal. And he's decided to keep working part-time, and he is trying to stay under the 1580 a month that my understanding is the first year. Um, right now, he can take 1580 a month up to that. And um, so he's thinking he wants, he on some months, he can work uh, make a little more than that. And he's wondering how that would affect our Social Security check. And is that going to make it complex to calculate each month's income if uh, some months he's getting more than the 1580 and some he isn't? Okay. So with the earnings limit, my general guidance, till someone can come in and say, Devin, you're wrong and here's why. 
my general guidance is don't go over the earnings limit. It can create so many messes down the road. Um, you know, sitting on my side of the desk, I've seen so many overpayment letters when they come back and they allege that benefits were overpaid, you know, two, three years later, and it's very difficult to unravel it all and figure out their accounting. So if you can help it, don't go over the earnings limit. And if you are going to go over the earnings limit, proactively let the Social Security Administration know that you're going over so they can stop that benefit. And and they would stop it completely until he's not going so yeah. if he's going to sporadically one month make a little more and then the month, the next month, maybe not, that would just make it so complex. That's going to be a mess. Yeah, that's what we were thinking. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, so now I've got that verified. Yep. That, that will be <laughs> and, and a then, mess. Okay. All right. That's, that's great. And then next year, uh, it's different. It's not 1580 a month. It's a certain amount per year you can make. Right. Yeah. In that first limit. year, it is generally speaking a monthly income limit. Uh, but that's just for the first calendar year. After that, it does go to an annual. Okay. Thank you so much. I think that's what we thought that it was just going to make a mess, and it's going pretty smooth right now. Yep. Yep. Keep keep those waters calm. Thank then, right? You. Oh yes. Thank you, Devin. And we've been enjoying your videos and articles for several years, and you've helped us actually to come to the decision of actually how were we and when we were going to start taking our Social Security. Oh, well, that's fantastic. So thank you. You're welcome, Jan. Thank you for calling. And now we're going to go to Bobby in North Carolina. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Devin. Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm a longtime subscriber to your YouTube channel, and I enjoy every moment of it. Fantastic. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, so I have a two quick question. So I had a, my last job here, I had a contract with, um, that ended in June and I am not certain I will go back to work. Um, so my question is, um, if I don't go back to work and I file, say, at 65 or at full retirement, what would be my benefit at the, at the last um, um, time I completed work, the contract work, or when I file? Yeah. So, no, your benefit can be recalculated in perpetuity. So, you know, if you file for benefits and you continue working, let's say that you're still working when you're 90 years old, your benefit is going to get recalculated to reflect those new earnings if they replace the earnings in your high 35 calculation. So, the way this works is the Social Security Administration takes all of your earnings through age 59, and they adjust those for inflation. And then earnings at 60 and beyond, they just use at face value. And once they look at all your earnings, then they take out the high 35, and that's what they use in the calculation. So if you go back to work okay. and you earn more than one of those years in that high 35 calculation, your benefit's going to get recalculated. And it doesn't matter if you've already filed for benefits or not. So does the um, does it make a big difference if I don't work um, at the time of filing? Say like at sixty five, you think the um the difference is a big, uh, big, big, big difference. Or? If you don't work, or if you do work, I may not have misunderstood. I may not have understood if what I, you said. If I, if I, yeah, if I don't work. Okay, well, it could. A lot of that depends. It's not going to make a big difference. Now, let me let me establish that. But a lot of the difference that it's going to make is contingent on what your prior earnings history looks like. So if you have high, you know, if if your prior earnings, if your high 35 has already been established, then your 
future work is probably not going to do anything to change that benefit. So generally speaking, in your Social Security estimate, the closer you get to your retirement ages, the more accurate that benefit is. And that's mostly because those high 35 years have already been established. And um, one last question. In t- re- I'm thinking taxes now. Um, my wife and I, we have a pretty decent uh, age bracket, and she'll be working for another, I guess, 20 years, maybe 15, 20 years. Should I file? Should I wait until full retirement? Or I'm, I'm thinking taxes now. Or should I um, file at age 65 when um, uh, benefits kick in, like Medicare Medicare and stuff like that? Yep. So you don't have to file for benefits at 65 uh, just to get the Medicare turned on. You can file for the Medicare on its own, and they'll bill you for it. Um, Now, in terms of what's the best strategy, you're on your wife's insurance? Right now, yes. Okay. Seeing that I'm not working, I'm under her um, insurance. Okay. Uh, so, you know, there there is the misunderstanding that's out there that you need to file for Social Security benefits to get Medicare turned on, and, and that's that's not the case. You, you can separate those two out. Okay. Now, as for mm-hmm. what's the best option, um, oh, there's so many different factors that go into that. It's very, very difficult to know, very difficult okay. uh, just to tell you on a, you know, on a cell phone. But let me tell you, I do have a, uh, it's about a 45-minute online workshop that you can sign up for and take. And it's how to determine the best age to file. And I walk through the 10 factors you need to think through when you're trying to figure this out. And taxation is one of those factors. Oh, okay. Uh, and you can find that. That'll you can just great. go to devincarroll.com and uh, right there off the homepage, you're going to see where you can sign up for that workshop. It, uh, it just rotates. So about every 15 to 30 minutes, we have a new one that's starting and uh, you can get in one of those and it'll take you through it. And again, it's about 45 minutes. So you need to set a little side, time aside, but uh, it's a good workshop that I think when you're finished, you're going to know a lot more about making a good decision. That'll be fantastic. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Bobby. Thank you for calling. Well, that wraps up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you found today's show valuable, would you mind leaving me a review? I read every one of them, and I assure you it's very much appreciated. Oh, and you should also know that, yes, I'm an actual practicing financial planner, but I'm probably not your financial planner, and I'm certainly not your tax or legal advisor. So before you take any action with what we talk about today, you need to consult with your own advisors. I'll be back with another episode soon.